It's a new day for all of us. Hello, my name is Van Ritchie, and it is an absolute pleasure to introduce you to Peel Back the Onion, a regular podcast where you are the most important person of the day and where life issues and challenges get to be peeled back so you have the best day of your life. And now, please welcome the hosts of Peel Back the Onion, Dr. Geraldine Cronin and Dr. Jerry Camarata. Thank you, Van, and welcome to our podcast today. My name is Jerry Camarata, and I'm the author of the fun book of fatherhood. And I'm Geraldine Cronin, clinical psychologist, and we are delighted to take you on still another journey into why we do what we do. And this week, it's about the lost generation in our society, which we refer to as Generation K. We will discuss the complex life of Generation K and the impact that generation has had on our society. Generation K, hmm, those born between 1995 and 2002, doesn't have... I mean, it doesn't have a real generation category. If you were born between 1981 and 1996, you belong to the millennial generation. And those born between 1997 and 2012, well, you belong to Generation Z. Those in the middle, between 95 and 2002, have been, well, so to speak, squashed by the generations on each side, identifying with both and neither at the same time. It was the work of author and academic Norina Heats in 2015 that established a true understanding of the complex lives of Generation K. Generation K is unique in so many ways. It's fully digital, with its members spending at least eight hours a day negotiating the keyboard to learn, play games, and even do some banking. Communication was changed by Generation K from face-to-face to to virtual hellos. They are deeply concerned about our abuse of our planet as well. And this is just a sample of what Generation K has and continues to endure. With us today is Nazareth Perez, a true Generation K lady, who's currently a graduate student at Columbia University and studying to be a clinical psychologist. We are very pleased to have you here today, Naz, to explain your generation. Welcome. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. Uh, We know Generation K, the lost generation, is unique in so many ways. I want you to tell us about your perspective of Generation K and how it has shaped your thinking over the years. Sure. So Generation K describes those that were born between the years 1995 and 2002. We don't have our own generation. There are millennials and there are Gen Zers or Zoomers. Um, But we are so distinct in our struggles and unique in them that we have our own cohort. Um, We are similar um, to each generation in ways that I'll talk about a little bit later, but enough that we decided that we are our own group. Um, And we have faced so many challenges together 
that really have changed the way that we see the world. And I, and I can talk about that a little bit more later on, but uh, we definitely are a generation that feels displaced, lost, and really looking to find out what's next. I want you to know something, Naz, that when we spoke earlier, I really was unaware of the intensity of what um, your generation had experienced. So I need you to help me. What are some of the specific characteristics of this generation, and how does it differ from previous generations? Go slow, because what you have is very to say is very important. I don't think many people really know a lot about what you're saying, okay? So please explain it fully. Sure, and I want to start with saying that it wasn't until you asked me to speak a little bit about this that when I started sitting down with it that I really started to, to realize the impact of certain events that have happened to me and, and to my peers. And when I've talked to my friends, that's when I realized, wow, like this, this really goes back deep. And we, you know, you're going through the motions, you don't realize the impact of certain things. Um, so you were peeling back, back the, the onion, onion right? right? Peeling back the onion, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. So in peeling back the onion, I, I learned that we are a generation that is full of a, a feeling of anxiety, of uncertainty. Um, and I think those are the two words that can really, that can really encapsulate how we feel. We feel anxious, we feel uncertain, but I think a rootedness is also another one. Um, and that's not to say that generations before us haven't felt that way, especially in these years, these critical years when you're um, a, a burgeoning adult, those are the most difficult years, one can say. Um, you're still finding yourself, but it feels like there are setbacks that are unprecedented. We've just faced a pandemic that, that has never happened before, um, not to say that other generations haven't, um, but combined with everything else, it definitely feels like we have been in this pendulum of moving forward and then moving backward, moving forward and moving backward. So that's- Okay, I want, you to, I want you to just tell me the ages Sure. Instead of the dates, how old are the uh, are the people in this generation now that you're describing again? Sure. So the oldest would be 27. I just okay. turned, I just turned 24. Okay. okay. And the youngest would just be 20, I believe. Okay. So we're talking about 20 to 27. We're talking about seven years of uh, a group of people that really feel um, uprooted, as you said, filled with anxiety and filled with uncertainty. So tell me what you think are the, the major historical events that shaped this generation as a whole. Sure. So going back, it would definitely be the first major event would be 9-11. So most of us don't remember it as much. The oldest person remembering bits and pieces, but the impact is undeniable. We have been raised in a world, a, the, a world that we did not know terror, that we have never not known terrorism. There's always been that fear, that anxiety. Again, that's, that, that's probably the root of it, that right. um, we can't walk out into a mall, go down the street, um, go to school without feeling threatened. Um, that's probably the first major event that has impacted us, even if we don't remember it, because it's impacted our parents, it's impacted Got our it. teachers, 
Um, and the next one I would say would be 2008. It would be the economic crisis of 2008. Um, we witnessed our parents lose their jobs. Um, we witnessed parents lose their homes. If we didn't experience that personally, we definitely saw that in the news. Um, we also saw the Occupy Wall Street protest. Um, and I think that was the first major um, point of contention with the government. We remember the bailout, the government bailout. Um, big corporations totally got scot-free after wreaking havoc and causing so much devastation in this country economically. Um, and I think, and in, in it's Norina Hertz that talks about it a little bit in her article for The Guardian, how that really is a, the root of our um, disdain for big corporations. Mm-hmm. Um, the next, I think, would be also in 2008 would be Obama being elected. I think that made us feel like it would be the start of a new age, returning a new leaf. I definitely remember that so clearly. Um, and I just remember feeling hopeful and, right. and excited for this new, new era. Um, 2015, uh, same-sex marriage being legalized. Again, another huge feat that we felt like we were being a, we were a part of. And we were young. I, would, I think I was maybe 17 years old, but it definitely felt amazing to be witnessing that in my lifetime. Um, and then there's 2016. Okay, so 2016 is remarkable, um, and it also speaks to a shift in um, what you described as things that were positive, and then you were going forward, and then you went backward. So speak to 2016 to 2020. So it's exactly as you said. We have just come off of these momentous, you know, wins that are not only our generation, but obviously the whole world has gotten. And then now there's 2016, we're about to vote and we are thinking we're voting for the first woman president, an opportunity to exercise our right to vote from, for our entire generation the first time doing so. Um, and we thought it was a sure thing. We're throughout the election, we're seeing all this hate and vitriol by this candidate that is so anti what we believe. We don't believe anything that they say, that Trump represents. Um, and we're being exposed to something we didn't even realize. And then when the election results came in, it was just devastating. Um, we felt like we, our voice didn't matter. What was the point of voting if older generations that weren't going to really see the impact of of their votes we felt betrayed essentially we felt betrayed did you feel abandoned definitely i i think it was a it was a wake-up call because i think we we thought we were in this new age but then we're we're awakened to the fact that no it's still a country full of hatred. It's a divided nation. People are own aging and feel that way. And a lot of it, I guess, has to do with location. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it is the turning point for our generation in realizing that you are either with or against. There is no more middle ground. It is Mm -hmm. this, we're a generation of radical thinking. You're either radically left or radically right. It is just the middle doesn't really exist for people my age. 
So the feeling, uh, what you saw today perhaps at the UK with uh, the burial of the Queen, the sense of unification or unity um, d does not feel that way in this country. It does not feel that way in this country, but it definitely did feel that, we did feel a sense of unity for, I guess, the people my age in that mm -hmm. moment that we realized we're really all we have. Um, I remember the day after the election results coming in, it was just hundreds and hundreds of us in Washington Square Park and just seeing the sadness that everyone has, that, it, that made me feel like I wasn't alone in that. Yes, we're right. alone compared to everyone else, but we've got each other in a sense. Um, kind of like, like um, Occupy Wall Street as well. Like other people feel how we feel. So there's a, a, there's a connection. Right. Um, let me ask you something. What are there, are there any positives coming from this generation? Have any tangible changes been put into effect? Sure, yes. So I think the first tangible, um, the, the first tangible movement we have is the March for Life. I think that was, March for Our Lives, excuse me, that was something that came after the Parkland shooting. Um, and okay. that is a, a huge issue for my generation, Generation K, and also Generation Z, which is the generation I'm technically a part of. Um, okay. School shootings and gun violence is something that affects us greatly. Um, you used to be safe to go to school, and that is no longer the case. And children are being murdered trying to learn. Um, and that was something put together, obviously, with the help of um, you know, adults in the background, but mainly put together by teenagers that were affected um, by that shooting. And they marched in Washington and it was millions that that turned up. And that was a way to really see, wow, we are kids. Well, we're young adults, we're kids and, and look what we can do. Um, but at the same time, it does show that even, even something as great as that, it didn't really enact that much change yet. We're hoping that that's just a yet and, and not a, a final full stop, that no changes in that. I want to go back a moment and revisit your family relationship. Um, what did your parents give you or didn't give you that reflecting back on it today has been troubling? So my parents are, are not American. My parents are from the Dominican Republic. Um, my mother immigrated here in the 80s. My father still lives in the Dominican Republic. Um, so the values are, are a little bit different. There's definitely um, a, a cultural change as well. But I think something that I was given is also the thing that is very troubling. I was given this feeling that if you work as hard, 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 right. everything will work out in your way. Right. It doesn't matter what you do as long as you give it all you sacrifice Got it. you will reap the benefits right. and right. that's the american the dream the american mm. dream that's right um because my family really does believe in the american dream but when you when i look at my family I look at my mom and look at my grandparents i'm seeing that they really didn't get to reap the benefits of the so-called american dream it's something that's being benefited two generations after my grandma came here, my mom, a generation later, two generations later. Um, 
And that's something that my generation, Gen Z, even millennials, and, and of course, Gen K, the in-between, we don't really, we don't really want to believe in. We don't want to reap the benefit, have someone 50 years from now reap the benefits, even if that's our, our grandchildren, because we genuinely don't feel like there will be a world as we know it for our grandchildren to reap the benefits of our hardware. We want to be able to say we own a house now. We want to be able to, to have something tangible of the hard work that we have um, because we're not sure of the future. We're very uncertain. Obviously, no one knows what's coming next, but it's definitely something that's magnified um, in this generation. What, are the what would you say the uncertainties are besides, let's say, climate change? Climate change what, what is definitely that, the big one um, in terms of most of us don't want to have kids or if we do, we have that in the back of our mind. Um, one of the stories is definitely economic uncertainty. Go ahead, um, Go ahead. speak to that. that. So I, I didn't really get to touch on 2020, but a reason that 2020 is um, a huge moment. Like oh, you to your yes, class, yes. we didn't get that. there. Right, right. right. Um, Let's go back to COVID. COVID. Yep. So COVID affected the whole world, obviously, yes. and, and we're not the the age group that was most affected, and then we're we're aware of that. We definitely were affected in different ways and that, for instance, I graduated in the year 2020, I graduated from college. I graduated from college without a job prospect lined up. Um, I graduated from college and I had to move back home um, in the room that I was, you know, a child in. And right. that is a, that feels like a setback and it is a setback. Obviously, it is something out of our hands. It has right. affected the whole world, but it, it doesn't change the feeling of regression. Um, okay. yep. You're inside. You can't, you can't do anything without having to ask someone else about it. You don't have any money because you don't have a job because there are no jobs. Um, and you don't know when you will be able to get one. The ones that you do get are underpaying you because there are people that are, that have 10 years experience that are willing to take that same job because there's, that there's just no jobs available. Now, um, let me let me interject here. You talked a little bit about the difficulties um, that you saw coming out of previous generations, but was there anything positive that you learned from your parents that you were able to that you were able to inject into your own life? Yes. Yeah, so that same that same um, thing that I say that is a little bit worrisome about sacrifice. Um, there's truth to it. I think I've seen it. And that's something that I feel like older generations have really shown us is hard work is important. It may not get you where you need to get, especially now and today, but it is still important. Some things you just have to sacrifice for um, and the importance of education, excuse me. That is something that um, is probably, if you ask anybody my age, is something that's they'll say that their parents ingrained in them. We're mm. the most educated generation now because we have been told that education is everything. Um, and we, even though we do see, we do see for millennials and maybe I can talk about that a little bit later, that it's not everything. It doesn't get you as far as you, you really hoped it would or has in the past. Um, it is something that is, it is um, invaluable. It's super important. Um, is there a light at the end of this tunnel for your generation when you can say, it's all right, we'll be okay? Yes. So 
I know that in the these few minutes that we've been talking together, it sounds a little bit bleak, or we feel like uh, nothing is going to work out. Um, we're a, a generation of of like contradictions and paradoxes. We're very we're super social. We're antisocial. We're disconnected. We're hyperconnected. We are hopeless, but we're dreamers. We mm. hope that even though it feels like there's just no way anything's going to work out, there's no way we're going to get rid of our student loans. There's no way that any that we're going to ever have a home before we're forty. Um, we still hope that that is possible. We see what our younger counterparts, the younger Gen Zers, are able to do. They're so vocal. They're so unafraid um, that it gives us hope that maybe we are leaving this world better than we went, than we found it. And I think that's something that Narina heard. She spoke about in her article that if you ask ninety two percent of Gen Kers like what matters to them, and they say that making the world a better place is incredibly important social um injustice is something that they deeply care about we deeply care about um and i think that is a light of the end of the tunnel um we saw the george the george floyd protests um like i mentioned the march for our lives and recently president biden forgave ten thousand dollars worth of student loans i think that's a major light at the end of the tunnel maybe there is some something that the government can do to unload this incredible burden that my generation. Well, Nesby, bef- before we say goodbye to you, I feel almost impelled to be able to say, "I'm sorry," uh, and I say it not only on a personal level but on a generational level that perhaps we we really didn't understand what we were doing, how we were doing it, how we employed ethics and values to the decisions that we made. But whatever we did out there in the diversity of what we did, we affected your generation. You really got squeezed. And the impact will go will go through the entire generation. And more likely than not, tragically, you you really won't see anything of value coming out of that. And like our parents used to tell us, well, we suffered and we sacrificed to make your life better. And I think your generation, as probably will be saying the same thing, that the, the, the suffering, the attitudes that you were faced with, uh, the inconsiderations of previous generations um, are all there affecting you, and you're just going to be carrying life along to the best of your ability until finally you can give something to your children and they will have a better life. So there's a little bit of an apology and there is something very special about you though, Naz. Uh, You're a survivor. Uh, You may feel crushed by that Generation K being long to it, but you're just a really special kind of person to have such a valued insight that you've been able to give us today. And I hope our audience appreciates who you are and your contribution to your generation. I have something to say to you. Um, When we spoke, I think the piece that I took away, and I just want you to know that um, I met you through work. I know how people felt towards you. You were the hub of 
a team of very interesting clinicians and you kept it together and you gave everybody a sense of security and hopefulness, those things that you feel that you don't have inside or internally. But what you said to me, which really um, has never, I will never forget, is you said to me, I want to be able to take care of my parents. And I hope that I'm working so that they can retire someday and I can be there to be able to provide the necessary financial funds. We know about the emotional, uh, your emotional capacities, but the financial funds to take care of them. I really hear that. Um, usually it's parents taking care of children. However, you said, I want to be able to be, have my parents retire and know that they're taken care of by me. So that just spoke to how deep and how caring and loving you are. I think you're a superstar. I always did. If you were Apple stock, I would invest in you and I would make a fortune in the, in the decades to come. So um, if there's anything else that you want to say, please say it. Um, and if not, I want to thank you for being our guest this week on Peel Back the Onion. Thank you so much, both of you, for those amazing, kind words. I, I just really am so happy that you guys asked me to come and speak here. Um, it really does mean a lot. And you guys are amazing, amazing people. And I'm so glad to have met both of you. Uh, thank you. Thank us. you, Naz. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Gerilyn, Nazareth's reporting makes Generation K even more real. I think Generation K will be an all-American force in our world in the next two decades. With all of their apprehensions, I think they will stick together and make a big change in this world. Well, Jerry, only time will tell, but this is my take away for today's podcast. I feel very sad. Uh, about what I heard today. I also feel that I was unaware and uninformed, and that's probably because I was more focused on my generation and people that were closer to my age, uh, and that somehow I didn't really look carefully at the young 20-year-olds and what they were experiencing. I didn't see it from her perspective until she explained it to me, and I know after I spoke to her for a good hour, I just felt awful. Um, I was unaware of what she was going through. And when she started to talk about the different events of 9-11, which was certainly uh, overwhelming for all of us, and I remember being on high alert and feeling as though if heart, a heart attack and cancer wouldn't kill me, then terrorism would. And then we went to 2008, my memory, of course, was, hold on, you're going to have to work for another number of years till this thing clears up. And then, of course, the elections, which we all had different divisive opinions about. And then who would ever believe COVID? It's almost like um, man plans and God laughs. But um, to that group of young people, I didn't put myself in her place and what that would have how I would have experienced it, especially knowing that my family did not come from this country, that she came here and she bought into the American dream, as we all did. And for many of us, we became successful because of effort 
and because her parents were great role models and they had succeeded and we were pay, we were given the opportunities for that to occur for us if we wanted it. However, the roadblocks and the obstacles and the challenges for her and her generation are overwhelming. And I understand why many youngsters choose not to get married now. I understand why they do not want to have a family because they're terrified of the future and whether they can actually support a family and they're uncertain about what's going to happen with climate, what's going to happen in this world. So I'm going to leave this uh, commentary hopefully on a positive note because I am going to say that out of adversity comes strength and you can turn it on. You can turn things around if you stay optimistic and you stay proactive. I know Naz is going to be a superstar. I know that the people that she's with and the kids that she goes to school with are also going to be great because they have the desire and the motivation to do it. They're going to move everything forward. So I am right behind them. I now understand them, and I'm hoping more of you do by us exposing this to you as, it ex as we were exposed to it through her. So that's my commentary for today. Well, Geraldine, we both said we were sorry. Yes. Uh, it was an epiphany for us today, and it was, a, it was an enlightenment, and I hope an enlightenment for all of you who had the opportunity to watch this. Please tell your friends about it, because I think knowing more about Generation K, and importantly, not just keeping that internalized, but have a conversation with other members of your family, members of your community. See where those Generation K people may be and ask them, are they okay? Do they need any help? Because we still can make a contribution. We can still change some of the things that perhaps we did that were compromised to make their life just a little bit better. Geraldine, I also want to say to our audience as well as to you that we're making changes every so often. For example, we're not doing emails every single week, and we're doing those emails that we think are really very, very important. And also, we're changing the style in which we broadcast. Some of it is going to be with narrow cameras, and others will be portrait. We'll open it all up. We're trying different things, because that's what Peel Back the Onion is all about. It's peeling it back, trying something new, having a good time and doing it. So if there's anything that you do like or if there's anything that you don't like, please let us know. Please write us. It would be our pleasure to communicate with you. And until next time, we hope all things will go your way. And the core of who you are is always a beacon seen by others. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. If there's an issue which you would have discussed on Peel Back the Onion, please send us a note to peelbacktheonionpodcast at gmail.com. We will always try to get as many emails on the air as we can. From your hosts, Dr. Geraldine Cronin and Dr. Jerry Camerata, along with a terrific production staff at K-Town Studios in Kingston, New York, and from me, Van Ritchie. We hope every day is a great day for you and everyone in your life.